Hello, and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. My name is Pete. My name is Bob. What is up, Bob? Man, it was, it was an afternoon, Pete. Do you want to hear about it? Do we start it off with me cranky? Get cranky. Let, Let's let me, just go let, in. Yeah, let me, let me try to unload it. Whew, I'm going to kind of get zen, you know, <laughs> trying to, you know. Um, so, uh, start off totally fine. Got a bunch of yard work done early today. It's a unusually warm and sunny day in this early spring, late winter, whatever you want to call this time frame. Mm-hmm. Feeling good. Meet a friend for lunch. We get hamburgers. They were fine. Pretty good. A little overpriced, but otherwise good. <laughs> Realize, oh, finished lunch at 1.30. Oh, no. I have to go pick up my son at 2.30 from school. Uh, this is when we, we correspond to Pete because where did I go? To the beach. The beach. Why not? It was the, the perks it was a beautiful of day. the shore. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to go to the beach, listen to some music, do a little homework as, as for tonight's assignment. Totally cool. Go to school. Pick up my son on a beautiful day. What do they like to do right after school? Play. Playing basketball, kickball. They're all running around. No big deal. 2.30 becomes 3. 3.15. 320, 325. I'm like, okay, I need to go pick up my daughter at daycare. No big deal. That was kind of part of the plan. Okay. Until <laughs> I checked my phone, which I hadn't checked probably for almost an hour because I uh, I really like doing this thing where I talk to the people who are, are there, the other parents. It's a really nice time. I, I truly enjoy their presence. It's nice. It's fun. Whatever. That's a dying art. Dying art, but fun. Fun. I, I recommend it for everybody. Um, so I look at my phone, and at 3.15, I got a text from the piano lesson instructor, the piano teacher, I guess, mm-hmm. who was saying, hi, did you need to reschedule the 3 o'clock? Oh, <gasps> no. I see this at 3.35. Oh, no. I text and go, I am so sorry. Uh, we're right around the corner if you have, <clears throat> if you're still available, thinking maybe it's 3.30, whatever. I get the response. Oh, I'll be there. I can be there at four. Do you want to do four o'clock? Sure. Because I'm trying to be good, right? Like, sure. Missed the three o'clock total bonehead. It was just nice and they were having fun. And I, I was, I had that creeping, mm, am I forgetting something? But nothing specific. You know <laughs> what I mean? It wasn't like uh, like that heavy inkling. It was just like, meh. You're, huh, not, pr- you're not prioritizing piano lessons. Well, and it was the first one, so I'm oh, like, first not one, in the rhythm yeah. of it, sure. the whole thing. So it's at that moment where I'm like, I'm on my way to pick up my daughter. But if I go to do that, I will then be late for the four o'clock. Yep. So I go, okay, there's no specific hard time on pickup from daycare. So I go, okay, you know what? Let me go. Uh, we'll, we'll go back go to the piano lesson. I tried. I attempted to go to the pickup, but it, I, I realized I was not going to make it. So went back. was on time for the piano lesson. Instructor's like, hey, you know, bah, bah, bah. be back if you, you know, uh, we'll call it, we'll be done like five minutes or so early so I can go over the lesson and everything with you and whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally cool. I got to go get my daughter. I don't want her to be there till you know, five, but, you know, 4.15, no big deal. So I go it takes longer than I thought to get her. As I'm leaving the daycare, I get a text saying, hey, are you are you outside? We're all wrapped up. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, it's like 420. Oh, my God. So it was a little early, but, you know, sort of what she said. So I had to be like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, driving back. It's not this hectic. Long story short, I get back there, you know, two minutes after 430. It's fine. No big deal could tell that she was a little miffed but it's okay uh you know my apologies to that piano instructor um (laughs) but it was essentially two hours of just straight up like it sounds stressful what's going on it went from it went from very peaceful to uh total chaos and then on top of that i had stuff that i was planning to make for dinner as well as we had an appointment to go look at a house Da, 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 all these things, Pete. It was 
sounds like a lot. So I am so happy to be in the moment here recording with you. I'm even a little stressed now. You just heard that, right? Yeah. Hear it, right? It's it's not a good feeling. I mean, that's why I never fully relax. Because if I I fully relax, I just know that something is going to shock me out of that relaxation. You know? I get it. I I think I do fully relax sometimes, and it doesn't mean the other. <laughs> You're shoe better at drop. it than most people. I, I think I do. I, I yeah. I, I I I can get I can get zen. Um, you know, I have to always be on guard at least a little bit. Sleep with uh, one eye open. You know what I mean? Oh man, you know they'll have to burn the books anyways. Um, <laughs> so Pete, how was your day? You doing good? Yeah. When we t- when texted earlier, I was on cloud nine on the beach listening to music while you were halfway through six-hour block of, uh, of <laughs> conference calls. I had a six-hour block of conference calls today, yeah. I mean, it's partly Ooh. it's partly my fault um, because I'm actually going to Florida this weekend. Yeah, um, buddy. I love And I had to take – yeah, but here's the thing. It's not really for fun, Bob. It's like 99 – it's 100% obligatory. Okay. I'm just okay. hoping that I get like three hours at the pool to – Read okay. my book yeah, and hang out. Chill. Oh, what a nice time. That sounds so nice right now. It's yeah, it should be good. It's it's in Jacksonville, Florida. Um not my favorite Florida, but that's okay. Not the best Florida. <laughs> um but it's an interesting event. It is my uncle's 50th AA anniversary. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. that's so, cool. so he has been sober since he was 18 years old. Um good for him. and okay. uh that's a very long time and it's something worth celebrating and he likes to celebrate himself. So we're going to have, he's having a black tie event Yo, uh, for, for himself. <laughs> so Yo, I love it. So it's I my first it. black tie event. I rented my tux and did all the things and uh, I'm ready to go. So dude, I'm feeling it. I, I love this energy. That's going to be a nice time. Um, Question Bob. <laughs> yes. Are they going to have booze at an AA 50th anniversary party? I have to believe <laughs> no, right? I have to believe no. I right? have to believe that they will not. Yeah. I mean, seems somewhat inappropriate, especially for the celebration, unless it's like a very specific style of, of celebration where it's like, hey, hey, 50 years, <laughs> you know, 50 <laughs> candles down the drain. Like, right. Boom. Like, whoa. Yeah, wow. they they have a table full of edibles and pre-mixed cocktails. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like we told you they were a virgin, but not anymore, folks. Let's go. <laughs> right, um, exactly. Man, that's funny. Pete, I am excited to talk to you about this record today. This should be a fun one. Yeah. I hope uh, I hope no one steals any records from you during the the recording of this podcast. Oh, I hope so too. Yeah. Um so Today we're talking about the new Young Gov album, uh, Gov Three, on Run for Cover Records. Shout out to Run for Cover Records, one of my favorite uh, indie punk, emo, post hardcore, whatever labels out there. Yeah, lots of great releases, particularly recently. Um, and we're gonna go into this one again. As you guys know, we don't tend to cover. Um, newer albums all that often but we're trying to be better about it so this is uh, kind of a continuation of that 100 percent, and i think it's kind of fun to do so um yeah because it's it's just like uh it's it's a story that is as old as time but as we like to say here in other places this might be someone's first episode of in search of tracks podcast so welcome hello thank you for joining us music Follow is us. You follow oh. us on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at. Sorry, I thought that's where I love we were it. going. I love the plug. I love yeah. it. Follow, follow us, us on Inst- Instagram and Twitter at, at TraxPod. And email us at TraxPod at gmail.com. Yeah, we're getting so natural at this. <laughs> it's just the promos were love. No, but music is not linear. So you don't have to just follow the new releases as they come along. And also, if your experience with music is only backwards glancing or backwards facing, man, you miss a lot. Correct. You really miss being able to live in the moment. And Pete, you are much better at this than I in terms of you truly enjoy going to live music and all that fun stuff. So I, I truly think it's uh, I think it's a great thing. So um, without further ado, let's talk about Young Gov 3. Gov 3, which is a cool little record. Let's um, go, yeah. 
Pete, so, I have a few. Yeah, let's let's kind of preface first. Let's talk about it. Why why we chose it? All that yeah. fun stuff. And then yeah, I yeah. have a few questions for you. So I think um, we were looking at a few records that came out over the last couple of weeks. This one popped up. We both agreed on it. I think um, speaking for myself first, I I was interested because this is a name that I've heard a lot over the last couple of years. Um, I have never heard a Young Gov album, so I really had no idea what to expect. And But at the same time, I knew that Ben Cook, who I believe is kind of the leader of the group here, Yes, he is, um, he is Young Gov. He yeah. is Young Gov. Okay, so he is um, the Young Governor. Yes. Okay, so he has been in other bands over the years that I was familiar with, um, mm-hmm. most notably uh, No Warning and Fucked Up. That's true. Yes. So that was my experience with the band, which is none. So, so I was excited to question. check it out. And it's it's like a fascinating thing. Um, ben is a guy who probably like Pete you probably have a lot of people like this I I really like Ben I've always liked him always been a cool dude to me mm-hmm. he sort of exists in that place between where I'm like you know like he feels a little more than an acquaintance to me but he's not not like we're not friends like I've never hung out with him one on one and whatever whatever but sure plenty of interaction over the past 20 something years um, in weird music so Major shout out to the band, and I uh, I respect what he's done. Um, he obviously started with kind of in the hardcore scene with with no warning. Prior to that, a, a small band as we once were, um, and then has did quite a bit of stuff during his time in the band fucked up. Uh, but he also has always been working on these other projects. Kind of in the time since no warning dissolved he's just had this like run of different bands, whether it was marvelous darling or young gov young governor. Um, he's done time in bands that I don't think people know about. He was in this band for a little while. The bitters who, um, man, I don't, I'll pull it up. I believe you might be familiar. You might not know them, but you would probably know some of their contemporaries. Pete. Okay. Uh, and they have one song warriors, that I think is just like awesome. It's this kind of like lo-fi raw. I mean, it's mostly it's most for, for lack of a better term, it's like a punk song, but it's, it's accessible. And it's just really hooky. They were on uh, Mexican summer. Okay. The label. So, yep. Uh, and I think they might've also done some stuff on captured tracks. I don't know. So anyways, he's been a part of all these different things that sometimes people are super highlighted. And other times they're not. Um, so I encourage people, um, whether you love, like, or somewhere in the middle of this record, to look at his Discogs page um, because it's prolific. I was uh, just going through that, actually. I was impressed. It's wild. And, and that's, you know, I, I'm speaking mostly of his, um, of his personal, the projects he's played on. But he's actually been a part. He's done a lot of production work as well on the backside. So, so for all that said, uh, he's a supremely creative dude and has been doing a lot of stuff. Um, and Young Gov has been going for a while now. So, uh, Run for Cover actually released Gov One and Gov Two back in 2019, two full lengths in the same year, and then they kind of packaged them together, special edition. Um, and then a little thing happened in the middle, Pete. What's that? A, a COVID, a big pandemic. Oh, that thing. Yeah. I, so I heard about that. Young Gov was on tour, got stuck in the States, for lack of a better term. I'm sure if they wanted to go back to Canada, they could have. But they basically took what they had made on tour and set up a little GoFundMe and stayed in New Mexico. And then were in L.A. for half the time while they recorded this record, wrote and recorded this record. So, kind of a fun backstory behind it as well. So that I, is cool. I, yeah. So um, that's kind of the the predate. What brought you to choose this record, if I might ask? Just because it's new and you had been hearing a lot about this band for a while. Yeah, I think the other albums on the list um, were things that they were from bands that I was familiar with. So this was one of the few bands on the on our little list that we had that I had not heard. And yeah. I thought that would be more interesting. 
I love that. Yeah. So, um, I think nascently from Toronto, Canada, um, kind of a, a really fascinating world there, uh, where there's just been this kind of hotbed of music for some time now. And, uh, sometimes it's, sometimes it's really hot and sometimes it's not. Yeah. It's always cold in Toronto, but <laughs> the music's cool. Um, What's going to ask you? So, really quick before we go into this, familiarity with Ben's prior projects. You knew No Warning and you knew Fucked Up. Are you a fan of either band? I really liked um, the first No Warning 7 Inch and the first No Warning LP. Mm. And then I thought that um, what was the, the second? Uh, Suffer or Survive? Suffer Survive, yeah. The second yeah. No Warning LP. I thought that that got um, a really bad rap for some reason because I think it's actually pretty good. Oh, that's um, amazing! Because you, so where would you put yourself in sort of the register of your involvement in the you know uh, overall hardcore scene when Suffer Survive comes out? Um, what year was that? That was two thousand three or oh four. Oh, was it okay? That's earlier than I thought. Um, two thousand three, two thousand four. I was, I had just moved to San Francisco. It was my first year in college. I was like actively not paying any attention yes right so here's the problem the record's good it's fine even if you want to be critical of it maybe you say it's too big room maybe you want to say there's a few parts that are leaning into the um machine shop warner brothers subsidiary owned by lincoln park sound sure (laughs) there's that but there's also some ripping hardcore songs and uh, it's got teeth so a good record. Um, so largely a fan of No Warning. Now, what do you think of Fucked Up? Are you a fan? I can't say I am, if I'm being honest. I've, okay. I, I've, I've given them a few shots. I know that they have a lot of material. Um, right. I've seen them live, and they were great live. Um, but for whatever reason, none of the recorded material has ever really hit me like that. All right. Well, I think it's a good one to put on our list. Uh, because I have some pretty strong feelings about it. I like them a pretty good amount, but I think it'd be a good conversation to truly deep dive one of the records. I'm down. All right. So without further ado, let's get into this record. I have some specific questions for you, Pete. Okay. Pete, how familiar are you with power pop as a genre? I am not. I don't think I w- would consider myself to be that familiar, honestly, because I think that that's a really deep rabbit hole that I have not even begun to dive down. I know the big names, I imagine, but that's about it. Yeah, I'm probably a step below you in as much as I know a few things overall. Like, you know, there's the stuff that gets called power pop that I think is largely power pop on a surface level but maybe is even bigger than in the room. But to me, when I think of like deep cut power pop, it's singles. It's 45s that right. have one or two tracks. Right. And then when stuff kind of grows beyond that, long way around, let me cut to the chase. <laughs> to me, power pop is a singles genre. That's what I think of too. And that's why I say that I'm unfamiliar because I have not heard the vast majority of those singles that I'm sure that people would point to. Yes. So to me, <clears throat> this is an interesting record because would you call this record power pop? I don't think I would. Um, I have some theories that I want to run by you as we talk ooh, through the record, ooh, but, I, but power, okay, power, tease, power pop tease. didn't really turn up for me. Okay. I, I like that. <clears throat> to me, when I go back through the Young Gov catalog, there's an awful lot of power pop. And then if I go even further back and listen to some of the Marvelous Darlings material, that I hear even more. There's okay. there's more of it entwined, and, and it's not always singular, but it's like it's there, it's in the DNA. I still feel it in the DNA. But it's not even the spine on this record. Okay. Like, it's not the framework. Do you think you'd agree with that? 
Well, that that I I don't know because I haven't heard the other Young Gov stuff, and oh, that okay. was actually that was my question for you was how how much does this differ from previous Young Gov material? I think it's a natural outgrowth from the prior the Gov One and Gov Two. However, I would say that those records, the more dancey elements on this record are significantly more pronounced on those two. Okay. Um, and it's there's a lot less 60s feel, if I'm being full on and, and teasing what we're going to talk about okay. as we go track by track, on those records than there is on this record. Um, but, there's this, but there's a similar amount of power pop, would you say? Has it always been yeah, just a little yeah. bit of a teaser? It's 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 just a little bit. And I okay. think when you go back to the earliest Young Gov material, maybe you can find it there, but it's it's sort of like these iterations. So I, I let me pull back. First thing I want to say is if there's nothing else I'll say about Ben Cook, when I, I really like the guy, so I could say a lot of things. But but what I will say is dude has tracks. Yeah. And dude writes tracks. For example, um, the Marvelous Darling song Teenage Targets. Okay. Fucking awesome. 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 Um, I think Teenage Dar- Marvelous Darling song uh, I Don't Want to Go to the Party is awesome as well. I think there's probably four or five other songs. As I mentioned, that Bitters song, um, Warrior, like straight up track. Um, yeah, there's just. A lot of tracks across the discography that I think are impressive, and I'd say that of Young Gov as well. But as we go into this record, we're seeing more song structure, a little more flushed out. Songs are a little longer, and that's the other side of power pop. Is when I think of power pop, and yo, you tell me. To me, power pop is really kind of like short, quick pop songs. Mm-hmm. You know, rocking, but they might hit three minutes, but that would be on the longer side. True. You know, and um, this wrong, this record has a lot of three-minute songs. Yeah. Um, they're like almost fully realized kind of style here. I don't think there's a song that exceeds four minutes. No, and but most songs hit that three-minute range. Yeah. And I'm appreciative that there's no songs that hit the four-minute range. Same. <laughs> yeah, no, it works. <laughs> It, it does. So, um, so yeah, I think that was my question. And, and then to go beyond that and say, you know, you wouldn't totally call this power pop. I don't know what power pop looks like in full length <laughs> format, let alone now if somebody wanted to point at something like, I don't know, Buzzcock, sure. But even that, I, I wince at the calling that power pop. To me, that's not strictly power pop it's if somebody wanted to to group it or say hey this is this could be put alongside it i'm, I'm not going to argue with it you know um yeah what is a power pop lp what Someone, is a power pop lp and listener, then, send us a power pop lp there's going to be people who hit us with that they're going like, to be angry about it too that we don't by know the way, anything off the by top the of way, our head to me i see stuff like yeah okay so like the raspberries um okay i can see that i can sure. see that um, some people are saying the knack, but like I don't, I don't think the knack and think power pop. I, I think that's not there. I'm thinking like singles. I'm thinking the like underground Shock. power pop. Yeah, yeah there. You, thank you. Um, but like, then what does a third LP in the genre sound like? You know what I mean? And yeah. You see this expansion, and so that's why I'm not mad at this record being labeled power pop. I'm actually enchanted by the idea of like. Oh, what what does this sound evolve into? Where do you mind to kind of go somewhere beyond like, yeah, I've got like, I have five singles that rock that are right. of this genre. Like if somebody wants that, go listen to Marvelous Darling singles collection. Um, where do you go with that? So so Young Gov does that. And I, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, let me yeah, ask I you think- yeah, I ahead. think it's I think it's funny you're talking about power pop because the whole time I was listening to this I was like there's something punk adjacent about this yes. and maybe, maybe that's the power popness or maybe it was just me unable to let go of the fact that I know that he was actively involved in punk and hardcore. No, um, I think I think that 
man. Okay. Uh, I, I, I had a, another statement I was going to make about this record that will lead to big, big convo talks. Okay. This has a real Star Trek feel to me. <laughs> and by that, I mean it boldly goes where no man has gone before, right? So um, I credit this because I think it's pretty bold in what, what's being attempted because it's post a lot of things, right? Like nobody's calling this post-hardcore or post-punk, but it's clearly aware of those things. Yeah. I definitely, this is not a shoegaze record or close, but it feels aware of shoegaze as a genre. Absolutely. Yeah. There's hints of it. I also would not call this a Britpop record. It feels very aware of Britpop. Yeah. It feels very aware of alternative, especially of the 90s variety. Absolutely. And it feels very aware of power pop. And so you throw all these things in the blender. It's aware of pop, of of punk. It's aware of 60s pop. It's aware of 70s big guitar rock. Yeah. And there's a level where those things don't all blend well together. I don't know if you've done any, put anything in the blender recently, but uh, (laughs) you know, some, I put a beat in there that was, you know, vacuum sealed and refrigerated, but not frozen. And I put that in with some frozen strawberries. The beads blended first, and then there were still heavy chunks of the strawberry. Bah, bah, bah. That's so rough. Some, yeah, you know. Um, so I'm not going to say that this is like this congealed form, you know, but also sometimes music is best when it's not fully blended. It, 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 you know, those uneven parts can lend themselves to a sound. So um, that's part of my over, overarching thesis on this record is that it really it's going for a lot of things all at once in an awareness level. It's trying to be cohesive and it's got a few things working for it that can help glue it together. Even though I don't think it always hits what I would want. Agreed. You know? Yeah. Um, But I think that they do a good job. Oh, and by the way, I think I didn't, I think this is really aware of like dance music and that's both like dancier pop music or or like disco style like 70s and like dance rhythms and beats that i think largely when you get to like guitar music of the pop power pop punk in the adjacent world mm-hmm. is very fearful of and both on this record and on its prior efforts on on 1 and 2 unafraid of doing that unafraid of going there and and playing with those sounds and i think that's kind of awesome yeah i mean i think i think that's uh it's always helpful when people are willing to go outside of their comfort zones i always appreciate it because sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but you got to do it as a band you got to do it in order to move forward yeah 100 percent. so um okay and then one final thing my final question okay Venn diagram. No, let's not do Venn diagram. Let's do uh, pie <laughs> chart. Pie chart. Okay. So picture a pie chart. Everybody listen. Picture a pie chart. We're dividing up by decades. So 30% this decade. 40% this decade. Split it up however you would. How would you split the influences on this record by decade? Oh, man. That's an evolved question, uh, and it kind of gets to it kind of gets brain over here. It, yeah, <laughs> it kind of gets to my larger theory about this record that um, maybe we can kind of cr- uh, use this as a cross section into the track by track for the first song because when the first song started, couldn't leave you if I tried. I yes. kind of knew what to expect, in a way because I knew that it was more rock and roll oriented than it was anything punk oriented. And I listened to this record a bunch of times. And at first, the first song hit me with a lot of sixties. Um, but then also some kind of some big star and some Tom Petty, which is seventies oriented. Mm -hmm. So I heard the birds sixties. I heard big star Tom Petty seventies. And then I thought to myself, but is this really more like the wallflowers or something? 
Mm. And, mm. and, we and were that's similar notes. And that's where I was like, I think this is actually more nineties than it is sixties or seventies. Um, because the nineties was, you know, people of the time doing the sixties or seventies in a different way. And I think it, I think this sounds more like that. Yep. So an exact answer to your question is going to be tough. So I'm going to give you I'm, mine. mine I'm going I'm I'm to lean towards nineties as the majority. Your majority. Well, I'm going to give you a 50% nineties. Okay. I'm going to give Fair. you a 35% sixties. Okay. I'm going to give you, I believe that leaves me with a uh, 15% 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, there are hints and nods at 80s stuff, but I don't think nearly as pronounced as you can catch on the prior efforts. I think it's a lot more. He floats a lot more into the 60s, and there's some guitar 70s guitar stuff that feels really new in here, which uh, I was interested in and, and appreciated. And some of those rock song formats that I, I thought were really kind of fun in okay. terms of the listening experience. So with that said, without further ado, Pete, why don't we dive into the track by track? Let's do it. First track. Couldn't beat you if I tried. So yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, this song, um, it's super catchy. It's really bright. It's a really energetic opener. Um, the birds, big star, Tom Petty. I think the thing that stuck out to me the most on this was just the overall production. Um, and this obviously goes for the whole record, but the production is great. I feel like it's very, very well layered, um, without being too slick. Yes. And that really does wonders for this whole thing i mean ben cook is obviously a dude that can write a song um but the production is is a different thing and i I feel like it was really really well done on this and and this is a great opener yeah so um this record was produced by ben co-produced by tony price so anyways uh the first thing i thought when i heard this song there's a little bit of jangle but that production is kind of makes it this catchy drifty song um there's a little choppy part in the song that really pulled me in. Um, overall, this is very 90s, trying to write a song from 1963, but streaming <laughs> it through 1972. Um, and that's sort of where I started. Like, It really made me start thinking and triangulating, like, what is this? You know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I was really kind of intrigued by the whole thing. Um like the song might go a little long for me okay but i overall felt like it was catchy and has this upbeat really like uh almost infectious feel to it so i was yeah yeah it definitely brought me in i mean i was i was interested at this point so in that way i thought it was a really good opener i love that your virgin ears to the whole experience all right it's only dancing um so this one's a little more energetic. It's a faster beat. It, to me, like this is kind of the ten percent eighties. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, this is I mean, so, which is funny because I said no, no eighties. My comment written down here was like, it's dancey, but not like the last LP, which actually had some like truly like almost dancey dance parts. Okay, um, more rocking dance. This is what Courtney Cox listens to before the Bruce Springsteen concert. <laughs> Right. Well, exactly. I mean, and there's lots of Springsteen in this one. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's to me, that, that to me was the exact eighties reference that I was thinking. Um, but it still sounds really bright. There's a really cool climbing bass riff in it. Um, the, the, the thing about this one that 
rubs me the wrong way is first having listened now to the whole record a few times it's really the only song on this record that has this kind of energy to me yes. and as and as a result the fact that it's the second song is a little strange um so there's that and then also the fact that um i just I don't love this version of Springsteen and I don't love this version of young gov, I guess. Um, it's just like, it's too much fun, man. I don't think I like this much fun. So I'm curious because I I think this song is the one that would put more feels this one. And there's one other song that I feel might be the most in place for the last LP. Like, okay. Have that much energy. Yeah. Um, I like this one. I feel like it was kind of light, easy, kind of right through. Okay. Do you like um, do you like the song Cadillac Ranch by Bruce Springsteen? Do you it's know that song? Okay. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that's, it's not my favorite. It's not even close to my favorite. That's like how I feel about this song. I'm like, this is like the Cadillac Ranch of this album. And and just as I might skip that song on the Springsteen on the river, um, I might skip it on this song on this record. I feel you. All right, low, low, lonely. Um. So at first, this sounds like it could be an early Oasis song. It sounds like it could be on Definitely Maybe or something. Very 90s Britpop, question mark. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then the vocals change the vibe of that a little bit. Once they come in, it starts feeling a little more cheap trick. Yeah, um, okay, and, good. And then there's a little more. There, There is, this is where you start feeling that 90s Britpop, which 90s Britpop and shoegaze can kind of, they can overlap a lot. And I feel like there is a little bit of shoegaziness and psych influence here too. Um, I like this one actually a pretty good amount. Um, Definitely better than the prior track. So, so yeah, this is, this is like, he's back on track at this point in the record for me. Yeah. I like this one. Um, To me, this one almost is through the looking glass of what we were saying before. I was like, oh, this this first Can't Leave You If I tried, tried feels like a 90s band doing a 60s song straight through the 70s. Yeah. This one feels like a 60s band who was ported to the 90s to do things in the alt specter. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, vocally, what Ben is able to do uh, is really impressive because a lot of times his vocal like melodies are the thing that threads songs together and allows sort of different shifts in what they're doing. And he, he almost can't avoid be writing these really co- catchy vocal like hooks and just like over and over across this record. That's like one of the through threads that I think is very impressive. I, yeah, I think this is, probably, this is probably the strongest song on the ace side of the record. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I agree on the hooks. I mean, like, are there tracks? Are there hooks? Like, there are hooks all over this record. Yeah. Only want to see you tonight. this one with a little a little story i was listening to this um on spotify in my living room nice. and my wife was out of the house and she comes in and her first response is was this on the clueless soundtrack yo complimentary <laughs> i like that yeah so um which which got me thinking so much more about the whole 90s influence right um because mm. at first this sounds like a big star song like yep. Like yep. I can actually point to an exact big star song that it kind of 
sounds like. So um, I was thinking more Big Star, and then she brought in the 90s, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of overlap there. Um, this has a similar energy to the first song on the record. It's super catchy. I mean, this is a good song. I think it's a real good song. Um, going back to the vocals, the vocal track on this one I thought was exemplary. It kind of culminates towards the end. You know what I mean? It's like this rising vocal and just the vocal play at the end of the song. I pulled me in on this one. Awesome. Uh, the next song is where I get a lot of this uh, late 90s pop alt feel. Okay. Um, so to go clueless soundtrack on everybody, the song's Good Time. Um, I said this one feels like it's somewhere between the verve and like fastball or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Um, which is both a good thing and, to be honest, like loses me a little bit in the track. It's super catchy, but I think it might overstay its welcome just a touch for my taste. Wow. Bob, guess what? This is like hands down my favorite song on the record. Wow. Okay, good. Like, good, good. I think, that, I think this song is like perfection. Um, really? To, to, wow. to the point that I make a I make like a yearly tracks list just for yes. myself every the first, year. The Pete personal tracks. The Pete personal tracks list. And I put this on the tracks list. Love I really, I really like right. that song. I really like the song. Yeah, it's so undeniably catchy. But to me, this one, it was to me, this was full Tom Petty, full moon fever. Like okay. it was, it was just that era of Petty done really, really well. Um, it had that kind of melancholy feel that Petty does really well. Um, yes, thank the, you. The core, the chorus is great. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I had it stuck in my head. I was, this was like kind of after I listened to this record a few times, this was kind of the song that I was waiting for. Um, oh, okay. yeah, it does it for me. This scratches the itch. I don't know why. Oh, I love it. All right. Uh, you've nailed one thing, two things actually. One, there's a lot of heartbreakers here, which is yeah. to me when I started thinking about it, I was like, okay, well the heartbreakers do have this like very direct, like, okay, we're West coast LA base, but we're, we're really into 60s rock, um, but we're not trying to cosplay as it. So we're updating it and large swath of the catalog 70s and then it gets into the 80s and even 90s. Okay. You're not wrong about that. And then, then there is a lot of melancholy weaved into some of the lyrical content on this yeah. record. And yeah. I think because it is overall kind of a more upbeat rock record that gets lost in the sauce, but mm. you can feel it too. You know, you can feel that as you listen to this record. And I, I think um, where I feel it is a little later on, but uh, sure. yeah, this is a good example. I mean, it was written during such a positive time in history. I yeah, wonder just why like it was a little lifting. Awesome. Cool time <laughs> for the world where no one could do anything or, or do anything. Just right. Awesome, yeah. Super fun. <laughs> good times. All right. Uh, uh, take, take up, up all my all time. My time. I love how this song opens. Uh, I think it's very, very textured. Um, it's fuzzed and brushed in this kind of like leisurely way. Um, to me, it's like a sunny day in the park music. And it starts what I feel is the strongest section of the record. Well, not the strongest section, but for me... This is a B-side record. How about that? Yeah, I, I agree in the way that um, the B-side definitely has some strong songs. I mean, like I mentioned, Good Time is my favorite song on the record by far. This song to me, actually, it took me a little getting used to. I didn't mm -hmm. love it on first blush. I'm not going to lie. Um, however, listening through the album a bunch of times, this song quickly became kind of one of my favorite songs on the record. Um, I went and watched, he put out a few videos for this. Actually, I watched a bunch of the videos on YouTube, which were all pretty cool. Um, and I think watching the video for this one actually is one of the things that sold me just because I kind of understood the vibe kind of alone rather than in the context of the record. 
Mm, um, okay, yeah. it, it, it does, it does sound a little bit different from a few, like most of the songs on the album. It's like, it's mellower. It's more of a psychedelic kind of shoegazy feel. I think like you said, yeah. it's like, it's more California, like nuggets kind of like yeah. in the park chilling out vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I do really, really like the kind of separate intro and outro pieces on this. Yep. I think they they kind of blend really well together with the whole song. And at first, we were talking about hooks before. At first, I think because all of the songs on this record have such great hooks, this one is a great hook, but I didn't realize that until later because it's a little more subdued. Hmm. It's not as kind of it's not like as aggressively a good hook as the rest of the songs, if that makes yes, sense. Correct. Yes. Um, but but I found myself kind of humming humming it later once it once it really hit me. So this became one of my favorite songs on the record, but it didn't hit me at first. But it, I think this is a great great track. Yeah, I think this is a really like this starts largely starts a section of the record i i upon many listens to this record i think we both listen to this one a lot actually yeah Um, i really wanted to like i really wanted to feel it out and and at first i i just didn't know there was a lot to think through on this one honestly for me so and i I, and because it's a newer album if i'm being honest i just i didn't want to be dismissive of it in any way yes so so i yeah i gave it you gotta you gotta um all right let's move on to the next track but i ain't got you this one at first felt like a felt song to me. Okay. Um, just 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 based on that kind of climbing like guitar and uh I don't know what it is, keyboard synth um mm-hmm. feel to it. Um which we covered felt in the past. It it kind of felt like that to me, but then it grows into something not as felt-ish. Um and yeah, this song ended up. I like the part that sing, sounds like felt, but I don't love the rest of the song as much. Yep. It's not that yep. it's it's not that it's bad. It's just it 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 kind of breezes by in this way where it has no effect on me. Whereas like most of the songs on this record have like have a really strong effect on me. So in that respect, it just it felt like a kind of secondary song on this record. Yeah, this one is not my favorite uh, shoegaze pop shoe pop indie light um indie light yeah that's good vocal harmonies keep it up but otherwise it's not it's not a bad song but i kept going back to it trying to find something that just never so agreed same old Feel like it hit almost all the check marks um interesting big chorus, big chorus uh really sweet melodies nice tempo shifts which i felt were kind of important in the flow of the song and also really kind of pulled me back in um i enjoyed it quite a bit cool yeah i mean this one i don't think i enjoyed it as much as you this one is where i started feeling kind of the lull um yes it it has a lot of Springsteen in the chorus. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. I would feel that. I thought, um, it had the elements I like. I like the bright guitar, you know, as I like in all these songs, I like the tambourine in here. The tambourine it, and the percussion I thought was really yeah, good. Yeah. It's really good. It has the catchy chorus, but like, I guess for me, it, again, it kind of hit that note where it's like a lesser version of the great songs on this record. Um, so yeah, it didn't really hit for me. Yeah, this one clicked for me. I enjoyed it. 
She Don't Cry for Anyone. Uh, this one for me was very much, you know, you, you, you referenced the birds before. This was the Heartbreakers and the Birds uh, jamming out. Um, I like it. It's good length. It's a little more upbeat. Um, there's not, it's not like the whole record's pretty up, you know? Yeah. But, but I, I, I was pulled in on this one. I liked it. Yeah, this is solid. I think, I think it, th- this one, that intro riff is the birds. It's the monkeys. It's like any yeah. song on a nuggets compilation. Um, it's, it's familiar to the point that it's almost too familiar for me. It's familiar. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think that exact open is, I mean, it could even be like million vanilli off a Beatles <laughs> thing, you know, which isn't, no, I mean, it wouldn't be the first or the last. No, it's exactly. I mean, it's, feel. it's, 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 but it's familiar to the point that it's like, it's like, did I hear this like over a Vietnam over Vietnam footage at some point, you know, like it's just, it's, it's like, which is, it's cool because like, I mean, he does it well, but that being said, like, I don't know this again, I I think these three songs, but I ain't got you same old fool and she don't cry for anyone. It's kind of a lull for me just in the way that it's, it's doing what he provably does well, but just not as well as, he's capable of doing um this one had a little bit more of a punk adjacent like proto-punk feel yes yes. um, because it was a little faster mostly in the drums yeah 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 but like but but that being said yeah i don't know it's it's cool but it didn't hit me like that well i think we both agree maybe last two songs on the record um scam likely april of my life Yep. This is my favorite two songs on the record. Oh, wow. So I don't awesome. know if we agree, but I love them. Awesome. Uh, let's start with Scam Likely. Um, here's the real like 60s strain through post-shoegaze power alt. Um, <laughs> it's fuzzy in the warmest ways. Clever, clever vocal play. Really fun. Um, does things that like... To be quite honest, in this space, I don't know how many people can do the stuff that Ben does on this track vocally. He kind of is very playful, but it's also like, to go sports analogy, it's like when you see somebody who's really good at dribbling a basketball, they just do things like, it looks like they're they're using a yo-yo. The ball just seems like it's tethered to their hand. That's what Ben is doing vocally on this song. He's just like, oh, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go here, and I'm going to come back to this, and then here, and how about this? Watch, they're going to come together like this. Oh, didn't see that. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I I like that these are some of your favorite songs on the record. I really, Very really 60s like these on both, I think. I really, really like this song. See, you're saying 60s. I think this is like pure Oasis to me. Really? Yeah, it's like it's it's you don't total. Think April of my life, like okay, scam likely. Oh, I can no, be... scam likely. Okay. I'm I'm just talking okay. about scam, scam likely. likely. Scam so likely, you're April, right. Okay, April, I can April, be Oasis. April of my life, I'll get to scam okay. likely. Pure Oasis, like definitely maybe era. Um, it's a little faster than they would have played, but like the riff and the vibe are total, like totally that vibe. Yeah, no, um, you're not wrong about that. That that is that is true on scam likely for sure. Yeah, and like the Liam. Even the Liam vocals, I feel like he's like leaning in that direction at certain points vocally, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate as a diehard Oasis fan. I think it's great. Um, the chorus, I think, is a little less hooky than he tends to be on this record, so it's not like as strong. But I really, really like the the song. Regardless, I think it's I think it's a great song. And then April of My Life. The smell of Yeah. 
know, it's, let's get into it's, it. It's a totally mellow closer, which I think is cool. Um, in fact, like I really like the mellow version. Like when he goes a little more mellow, um, like on April of My Life and like on um, Take Up All My Time. Yes. I think he's great at it. So I actually like wish that he played around with that a little more on this record, which that was that was one of my questions for you ultimately was like, is there more of this vibe on, on previous Young Gov or is this something that he's kind of newly toying around with? Because I didn't I think, know. I think this is newly toying around with. And that was kind of my takeaway of April of my life was that. Okay. Um, I love how mellow it is. It's soft. Again, this is the culmination of that texture. I think um, I would like to hear a whole album of this material. You know what I mean? Absolutely. My yeah. caveat was, I don't know how many of us there would be who want sure, this sure. from him, but this is my favorite track on the record. I love it. Uh, oh, cool. It's interesting because you, how do you call the most mellow song on the record? The, it's not a big closer, right? But It's not a big closer, but like because it's so different from the rest of the closer. songs, I thought that it kind of screamed closer because yeah. like he's obviously kind of tampering it down a little bit. Yeah, so I love the song. I there's not a lot, and I think it's such a fun place to take the sound. And even through the record, I think it's sort of going in these waves. Um, even just on this record, you're, yeah. you're he's touching a lot of these things. As we said, there's this awareness of all these different types of material that he clearly is not just like aware. I'm using this word. I'm using this word aware because I don't want to say it's. Like he's pulling from, he is pulling from it. He's hyper knowledgeable and intuitive to these sounds. And it's sort of like watching someone on one of those baking shows and they're given a lemon and they know how to make lemon stuff, but they're also given three <laughs> eggs and all, they do lots of stuff with eggs yeah. and they're given, you know, a piece of cinnamon stick and this, uh, you know, and it's like all these different types of things, and they got to figure out. Wait, wait, wait. What am I going to make with this? Oh, and I got to make five different things with this. And I like where it ends up, if that makes sense. You sure. Know? Um, and this is this is kind of the uh, the cinnamon lemon tart of the whole record. So shout out to April of my life. Um, and and to be honest, I have to say this record's what 34, 35 minutes, something like that. Yeah. I think when it ends with this song, it made me want more of that. And there's not many 35-minute records that say, wait, what's that? What are you doing right now? I want more of that. And I think that says a lot. So That's awesome. Yeah, no, I think it's a great closer. I really like this track. All right. So, Pete, let's, uh, let's go through and talk about this and give it some uh, ratings and figure out where we, where we score out on Young Gov Gov 3. Cool. Holistic quality, the overall quality of this record musically. I gave it a 13 out of 20. Um, 15 out of 20 for me. Okay. You wanna- I thought that I thought there's a lot there. I think that um, um, he's taking kind of disparate influences from a lot of different time periods as we talked about and kind of synchronizing them really well, um, mm, combining them really well. But, uh, but yeah, ultimately... Um, there's just, maybe it's because it's, it's, it's so nostalgic for a time past Mm. and not as much future looking that I gave it the 13. So I gave it a 15 because I think the way you said that synchronized, I'm going to steal that. I think he's got a lot of it. Um, I think it's, it lands in a lot of places. Some places it's, there is a little bit of scatterbrain nature but when it comes together it's really cool and absolutely really, really and has its own feel so yeah all right how about the highs on this record out of 10 i mean he has a track on here that i put on my my yearly playlist so i gave it an eight only a six for me but april of my life might push that up as we go through the year okay lows not really many lows. What did we say? But I ain't got you. Maybe you know. But I gave this a six for lows because again, it didn't. It didn't have too many lows for me. It didn't pull down on, okay. on the lows. I gave it a four 
um, just because there are maybe four songs on this record that really didn't hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, it's, it's always kind of looking back and some of it I like, and some of it, I really, I'm just not that into. So yeah. Competency, peer review. Competency. I mean, I had to give it a seven because it's, yep. it's hyper competent. It's, yep. it's, it's taking again, like all these influences and, and, and doing them, putting them together really well. So, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, I also give it a seven. Um, and it's only there because peer review is tough because I don't know how to even group this band. I think, uh, and, and maybe this is a positive relatively singular when you actually listen to the music, there's not many bands out trying to do what they're doing. Sure. Yeah. Drag factor. Album does not drag all that much for me, except for the one section at the end. Um, I gave it a six. Album doesn't drag too much for me. However, a couple of songs do. Um, Give it a six. Cool. Flow. I gave it a six because I think it flows for the most part, except for certain sections. (laughs) Yeah, I gave it a seven. It's a little bit uneven at certain parts, but I like the overall flow and I think you can find a stream that goes through everything on this record. Nice. Aesthetic. Pete, I'm going to, let me go first. I'm giving it a four out of 10. I don't love the cover on this one. Just don't love it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I gave it a six Mm -hmm. because I, don't love the cover and I looked back at his other albums and I will say that this is probably a higher score than I would have given because yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate the consistency and the, in the aesthetic. Yep. Yep. But, yep. The last but, two albums. Yep. But I, but I think I just don't love the aesthetic. I think I like the last two albums are much more and this one less. Okay. Um, and then when you go back to some of his earlier records, I, I, quite like some of them so uh some of them are really good some of them are funny i mean yeah so anyways cool. um impact and influence this is tough the record's new yeah i gave it a five out of ten because that's the midway point okay. um i think that there's a chance this could be influential to somebody i think there's a chance that someone sees what he, what what young governor was doing and kind of takes it and runs with it but Really can't tell. Um, and so 50%, five out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I ended up giving it a four, okay. um, kind of for the similar, for a say for the same reason. I mean, I, I just think that there's, there's so many obvious past influences on this. It's, it's, it, this record is entirely based on past influences, which is like, it's such an obvious statement. Like every record of all time is based on past influences, but this one is really kind of where wearing it, wearing it on its sleeve in this way that I just, it's more like it's reminiscent of the wallflowers in the respect that like they were looking back at the sixties and early seventies. He was looking back at the nineties and the sixties and the seventies. And I just, but it's, I, I, I think what, what lacks in this record for me, if I'm being honest, is just I don't feel that there's like much contemporary feel there. And well, in, in and that respect, I, do, I don't know like how that's seen in the in the future. You know, that's going to be the hard part is how does it get looked at in five years, 10 years, whatever? Yeah, because I can't think of many bands who are doing a similar or acts even who are doing similar to this in this way. Because at the same time, this doesn't feel cosplay to me. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel put on, especially because, hey, you're synthesizing a few different things and you're showing that. I think, so for the example, take up all my time, uh, April of my life, that real textured feel, I would love to see another record that plays with that even more so. Sure. Because that might be something that has a longstanding influence. Um you're not wrong there this this certainly wears its influences on its sleeves to no fault of the record yeah yeah i mean and and that's the thing i mean i just um and i want to be clear i think what he's doing he does very very well like particularly well but i think that um 
yeah, there's just there's 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 not enough of his own his own influence here. I I feel like it's all from other places, but but yeah, who Fair. who knows, you know? Fair. Um okay. And finally intangible, the etc category where you can kind of give it I gave it a 6. Um I have a general warmth towards this. I really really am a fan of long uh, careers, long, long, mm-hmm. you know, recorded material, and love to see how prolific uh, Young Gov has become. Um, and it's just interesting because I hope it precipitates what comes next and uh, and leads to something. So it's a six out of ten for me. I gave it the same. Right. So my overall score is sixty-two out of one hundred. That feels about right to me. I gave it a sixty. Yeah, we're right there. Uh, yo, everybody, go check out Young Gov Gov Three. Give it a listen. Bob, are you adding this to your collection? Um, I believe I will because I have the first and second. Why not have three? What about you? You know what I'm going to do? I heard that at the same time that he recorded this, he recorded a fourth, and that's mm. going to be coming out later this year. So I'm going to wait for that double collection, and I'm going to get that. Let's do that. Good night, everybody. See you next week.